Good PTs know it's important to stay on top of what's happening in your profession. Now, with best practices developed from over 2.5 million care episodes, the team at ATI Physical Therapy is doing their part to make sure their clinicians are practicing at the top of their profession. Pair that with their continuing education, professional development opportunities, and vibrant clinic culture. ATI is working hard to ensure all their clinicians are not only driving our profession forward, but also going home happy. Find out more about ATI at ATIPT.com. Now, here's a rhetorical question, but you always get people's attention, right? It's a trick. I'm about to do a trick. Here's a rhetorical question. I know the answer is yes. Would adding an additional $290 per patient per quarter help your business? Rhetorical. Of course it would. Well, well, how do you do that? Remote therapeutic monitoring can do that. But you might have heard of it and think it's complicated or time-consuming. But what if I told you that RTM wasn't complicated and didn't have to be time-consuming? You can improve patient outcomes and improve your clinic revenue. Find out how to get started with RTM, making it real easy. Physiotech.c. That's physiotech.ca. Physiotech.ca. I had to spell it a third time to make sure you, you could figure it out from the podcast. And finally, MW Therapy delivers a modern all-in-one outpatient EMR with the built-in patient portal, marketing automation, and billing features you want at a great value. They're big supporters of the podcast. Love them. Check out and take a test drive, uh, mwtherapy.com, where switching your EMR is easy. Today's show features a guy by the name of David Meyer. Uh, David's been on the show before, and uh, we had some really cool conversations during his first visit to the podcast and a conversation or two uh, kind of off air. And then he did something that I love to hear and, and see people do is he took what we talked about and what he discussed with me and he actually did something with it. He, he put his words into a plan and put them into action. So we get into just a cool conversation with David Meyer. He's a guy who, whose goal is really to, to empower other people. He's he's an example of niching down and how that can enhance things. So David Meyer on the show, uh, very excited to share this episode with you as we dig in with returning guest David Meyer on PT Podcast. Enjoy. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Uh, great physical therapy conversations on tap. That's what we like to say we do. Uh, I'm Jimmy McKay. And returning guest to the program, coming to us mobily. If you're watching the uh, if you're watching the live stream, although he just disappeared, and he's back. Uh, no stranger to the program, David Meyer. David, welcome back to the show, man. Jimmy, thanks for having me again, man. Appreciate so it. So, something the audience might not know is we had you on the show a while ago. It was last year. Was that 2021? Was that a year ago yeah. or more than a year ago? I don't know. Yeah, you know, we're probably looking at around a year, something like a 12 month. Yeah. But then you and I had some conversations after, like just yeah. some call conversations. We should have I mean, recorded those. You know, well, no, we, we're going to do great. So I love how you're, you're helping show the path for all of us clinicians out there that we're taught to be in the box, stay within the scope, your ankle and your TheraBand PREs. I'm just coming out of the clinic, so that's what my mind is thinking right now. and. You just paid all this money, or the federal government did, for this education. You get to be—they get to call you doctor, so grandma's proud. But are we going to really do what we set out in the world to do when we were twelve years old? 
if we just stay within that. And you're somebody out there that's certainly gone way beyond just thinking into, and, and it's cool because you've done it in the reverse direction. I went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I think that's what's created your ecosystem of such an, you know, when I talk to people in the clinic about, Hey, I'm going on the PT podcast. Like, Oh yeah, I, I, I listen to them because you're doing things differently. And if there's anything I believe in, it's thinking and doing things differently. You know, yeah. somebody asked me, someone actually, I think it was at a student event and someone raised their hand. This was a couple of years ago. And they said, who's your, who's, do you have any competition as a, a PT podcaster? And I said, no. And I got a bunch of oohs, like, ooh, he's talking smack. And what I wasn't saying was um, nobody else is doing this and someone wouldn't pick me or would, would never pick them over me. What I was saying was um, it's like I look at it like swimming, right? So I swam in high school. If, right. if you and I were swimming against each other, we're really racing the clock in the wall. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get points if, 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 you, if you touch the wall in a shorter amount of time than me. But really, you're competing again. Like, if you come in my lane, you're out. Like, you can't do that. So that's really mm -hmm. what I think a lot of us fail to recognize is you're actually not competing against another person. You're sort of competing against other things. And the other thing was, um, somebody asked what sets me apart. Did your radio career set you apart? I think at first, right, it let me at least be a little bit comfortable grabbing a microphone. Someone said, well, you stepped out of your comfort zone. I was like, no, I didn't. I, I was completely in my comfort zone. I walked around and still walk around this profession almost like a hamster ball. Like ever see those bubble soccer things? Like that's my visual comfort zone. That's like the, that's like the literal definition. But I go into uncomfortable situations wrapped in my ball. My ball is hold a microphone and now I'm not in control, but I'm able to be Makes here safely. Yeah. And, you know, hey, like, hey, Chad Cook from Duke, um, I'm going to interview you. Like, how the hell am I going to do that? Well, number one, Chad's a cool guy. And number two, when I grab the microphone and I say, Chad, I would love to interview you, I have just paid him a, a respect. I've complimented him without having to kiss. And I don't know why I'm using Chad as an example, but he's a smart dude that came to mind. Without having to kiss his butt, I've just said, you know, I want to hear what you have to say. And I want to amplify it for you. I get to brag for Chad. Chad doesn't want to brag about himself. That's not what who Chad is. But I also think I did it backwards, right? I'm a radio DJ who wanted to be a PT. A lot of mm -hmm. people who grab microphones, for better or for worse, tried to become radio DJs. And uh. I was like, here's the thing. You tried to say you were an expert at PT. Now let me be this thing that I'm not. And I said, I'm just familiar interviewing people. Look at all these things I am a super novice at. But let me use the cheat code of let's get smart people to answer all the questions in their way. And I'll just be the facilitator. So I really just think I'm, I built a stage that I put people that I think are smart on it. That's all I do. I, there's a few things that, that really kind of resonate with me. One is you talked about getting outside of your comfort zone within what you're comfortable with. So let me, let me tell you all what I did this year. All right. Lay it on start, me. You, you changed up a lot. So this is sort of you and I catching up in yeah. front of the audience and you changed it yeah. up a lot. Before. So, all right. So rewind a year. I'm coming on to the PT Pinecast. I was doing my podcast tour for about a year after writing Injured to Elite, the book really empowering yourself, uh, guides empowering yourself after injury. Wow. I'm getting bad with even saying the name now. It's been that long. Um, which is a, a mental guide for the post-injury process. That's become my thing. And after I did your show, we talked a little, lot about titles are overrated. Our stories are underrated. I think that was the tagline we used. And 
at the end of the, I broke up with my ex-fiance. I don't know if we did break up when I, when I was interviewed by you. Yeah, so I, I, my, yeah, my life got turned upside down. You know, love of my life. We're still friends. We lived together for six months after the breakup. And I'm like, what am I going to do for work? Because, you know, I was working on my own business. I was kind of outside of the pro sports world. So for all of you out there, I worked in pro baseball and only one professional sport besides working with athletes. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I need something to get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I look on, there's, there's a website people should know about if you want to apply for a sports job, which is Teamworks. And I see Rugby New York has an opening for huh. a physiotherapist, not a physical therapist because we're, we're physios in, in rugby. So I'm like, this is what I need. I need to treat myself like a Navy SEAL. My, my fiance just broke up with me. Like I need to David Goggins my way out of life right now. Like that's kind of David Meyer in a nutshell of how I deal with adversity. You know, I was a short athlete. I always had that Rocky and that Rudy type of mentality. So I apply to the job. They're interviewing me. And on the interview, Ethan is the head physio technically. He's not there every day, but he works at Motion in, in Manhattan. And Ethan asked me, mind you, I have a, New a Kiwi, a New Zealander, who's the head coach, long flowing hair, and the guy's jacked in his 40s. And then um, we have like the team manager. And here I am on a Zoom call like this, and I'm super confident, nothing to lose. And they asked me, so Dave, if we asked you to type an ear, could you do it? And I'm like, tape an ear? I said, no, I can't do that. I, I don't even know what you mean by taping an ear. Right. So in rugby, they don't wear equipment. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, get the, they get the cauliflower ear and all that junk. And I tell them straight up, I'm like, listen, I'm a physical therapist. I did a sports residency. I worked with in pro sports. But like, um, I, I don't really tape that much. That's kind of an important thing for rugby. They tape everything. Right. Somehow... They, they offer the job to me and I take it and I go on this six month journey to eventually winning the, most people don't even know that professional rugby exists in the States. It certainly does. And New York won the national, the, the, the league championships this year. So I got to go play at the Coliseum in LA and Black play and all, yeah, all over. Didn't really get any, any, you know, besides some cool Instagram photos. I mean, it sounds a lot cooler to talk about. Did a, did a champagne pop which was a pretty cool thing. Um, so that was, and the whole thing for me with the job was I said, I would take the job under one circumstance. I only will take this if you can put in my title, mental performance coach, because that's my thing. Like physical therapist doesn't tell the whole story for me. Again, right, right. that's the title. And so fast forward, you and I get into a conversation. I probably worked in there about the rugby thing. And I'm working with all these massive athletes and again, realizing the mental side is what's so important. Just like I saw in baseball, even though these athletes are huge, they're all expected to perform. They're not allowed to embrace vulnerability. There's a team culture that kind of, you know, bashes you if you're hurt. And I'm like, here it is again. And I, and I got to really flex my mental performance muscle, which was really cool. But I, you know, Q and I call you, I'm in Manhattan. It was around the 4th of July, or maybe a little prior to that, I was finishing up rugby and I was talking to him like, Jimmy, rugby's ending. I'm, I'm out of my lease in New York. Like there's so many passions I have. I have these two, what we call avatars. One is the clinician that wants to work with athletes and 
in, integrate what I've learned mental performance wise. And then it's the athlete empowering them. And you asked me, you said, Dave, have you ever heard of Ikigai? And, and we should definitely talk about this, right? So yeah. I'm like, no, tell me more. So I don't know if you, if you want to take it, if you want to explain or you want me to go. Yeah. So this was passed to me from a presentation, but this is an, this is a Japanese concept of reason for being. That's what Ikigai means. And it brings together my love of finding what you're meant to do on this earth and Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams. Love mm. them. So imagine a Venn diagram made of four circles that all cross. They all meet in the middle evenly. And this is an example when you find out what the four different corners of Ikigai is. This is an example of three out of four is bad. Like three out of four will eventually um, lead to a feeling of unrest or you're not living your purpose so the four different components the four circles if you were to look at them laid out north south east and west all crossing in the middle would be uh what you're good at right you're good at it what you love so you love doing it what the world needs and what you can get paid for and you know you can go through if you you google it and you hit google images you can find out where those intersections are because there is an opportunity in that venn diagram for you to have Two out of the four, one out of the four, obviously two out of the four, three out of the four. Um, and having two or or three out of the four, you it, it'll show you what that will actually bring you or, or what, what you would lack by not getting that fourth. Like for an example, an easy one, you're good at it, you love it, the world needs it, but you can't get paid for it. It's like, well, then how can you how can you make a living? That can be a hobby of yours, but is that your reason for being? You need to, you need to get something out of this in order to help yourself survive. You don't need to be a billionaire off of it. But you need to get something out of it. So this idea of finding those things, um, or finding sorry, this one thing out of this 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 paradigm, helped me a lot. And I've seen people like yourself who are like, I just don't know. I've got all these things, and I'm like, ikigai it, man. And yeah, and, and I'm somebody that loves personal development. I mean, when I graduated PT school in 2012, I was reading. You know, Tim Ferriss was already read the Four Hour Work Week. Like I was all about entrepreneurship and so i've always been interested in learning like you know how to work on on your passion and there's so many different forms of this whether it's your your unique ability dan sullivan the strategic coach talks about that which is like what makes you unique then you got jay papasan talking about your one thing what is the one thing that you are meant to do on this earth and then we can go on and on but when you talked about ikigai i'm like oh my god this covers every quadrant doesn't miss anything and like you said jimmy it'll tell you where you're going to be deficient like you said can i get paid doing it so for me when we when we talked about that i came back again to saying to myself well what do i love i love coaching i love empowering people i love helping people do the unthinkable i love helping people go from being an underdog to to changing the narrative that that's what drives me it could be somebody that's overweight it could be that a patient that just had ankle surgery just had a few people with ankle injuries or it could be a clinician that is like dave i want to work in professional hockey or do what you did and work for the cardinals and i thought about it i'm like okay well i love that am i good at that yeah i am good at that but Am I good at working with injured athletes? Am I good at working with anybody that's overcoming adversity? And so there was thinking there. And then I I come to, well, what does the world need? Like, 
if I help clinicians, is that going to be enough? If mm -hmm. I just help clinicians do this, or do I want to help the athlete? And then my head starts spinning of, well, if I'm just trying to stop the bleeding and help the athletes, how can I change the way healthcare is being delivered? And then finally, what can you get paid to do? And that ultimately takes you down a rabbit hole of trying to learn all the greats in marketing and the Seth Godins and the whoever it is, the Dan Kennedys of copywriting. And that'll be its own little, you know, separate podcast. But to make a long story short, I realized I wanted to create a resource for clinicians to take the approach I've developed that's been built upon what I've learned and been influenced by, by David Butler and Lorimer Mosley with Explain Pain with NOI and based on Dr. Sarno in the 90s and the 80s and all these concept that, concepts that have been bestowed on me. How can I provide this to the clinicians so they can go change the lives of, of the individuals they're working with, getting away from this you know, symptom-based, pain-based, the word pain just comes up so much in a clinic, and how can I help them evolve how they communicate, how they help to tap into intrinsic motivation, how they can really help the people they're working with transform and change. Because ultimately, if you're not working on behavior change, what are you doing? Yeah. The manual therapy, whatever it is, right? So I came to that conclusion and I said, all right, I got to create a course. I got to create the Injured to Elite Academy. So I go and I create the, the course version of my book meant for the clinician. So I can give them everything I've come to based on the research behind mental imagery, the ideas behind certain tools. Like I took Todd Herman's super, uh, super uh, alter ego effect. I thought that was brilliant. So I'm like, let's take the alter ego and let's use it in rehab. And so basically nothing besides maybe a few things here and there, everything I was taking were things that I just had to learn the hard way for my own personal development, my own professional work, working with these athletes, and instead put it into a resource and say, look, you're overwhelmed in the clinic with your job, with school, whatever it is, here, go try this out. Change the way you work to make your life easier. And maybe Burnett will go down, your ability to brand yourself and market yourself will improve. And so that was a big piece that, that came out of Ikigai. So I, was, I loved it. I was like, I love making content. I, the world needs it because healthcare is, listen, we don't even have to talk about it. Healthcare is where it's at. We need to improve the rehab physical therapy process in terms of getting paid for it. If you're not using the online digital space to, to create a revenue stream, then you're living in 2015 still. I mean, right. 2022, you're a physical therapist. Use your skills online. Like it's Jimmy just a different medium. A lot of people say, I don't know how to create. And I was like, do you know how to talk or type? If you're not a talker type, you could, you can, and you should be doing that. So, right. And how can I leverage that medium to make money while I'm working in the clinic? I said, well, if I can even make a hundred dollars on this course, I already had all these presentations put together because I was interviewing at colleges. And I said, I have all the presentations that I got offered academic roles. Why in the world couldn't I just make this into a course? So I did it. And actually I had COVID. I was down here when I first came to Florida and during COVID, I actually recorded all the videos on like the fourth day of quarantine. I set it up in my, my best PT friend's house and his wife and his, uh, and them were up in New York. So I had the place to use as a studio and I used their TV for the PowerPoint. And I had about a two and a half hour course created and I kept it as a low ticket item. I wanted to keep it affordable because 
I didn't want you to have to pay $2,000 for some continuing ed that, you know, you're already going out there. I wanted to show the world in this field how powerful these tools are. And so I created that. Now, it's an interesting conversation about Ikigai because if you really asked me at the deepest element, what's really at the center of that? Well, the thing that's probably missing from my Ikigai with just serving clinicians is I like to look at things at scale. And physical therapy for me, and maybe this will be, I don't want to offend anybody, and maybe this will be empowering to, to many of you out there. I hate to look at just the, the slice, the pizza slice of physical therapy. For me, when I think of a performer or an athlete or, or the, 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 the population at large and how they're going through the rehab process, missing the mental piece, I know people talk about it, but they're not really addressing it. I can change the entire narrative. So for me, that's where the biggest, I guess you can call it what I love the most is. And in terms of the money side of it, that's that's always a challenge. How are you going to mm-hmm. create the, the ideal revenue stream there? But I've now shifted my focus now that I've had a course created and, and that's out there for the clinicians. It's more affordable for them. It's only $49 and you can get it at courses.drdavidmeyer.com forward slash academy. Check it out. And how can I go coach these performers? So, you know, when one of the New York Mets or the New York Yankees has an injury and the physical therapist is checking them out, everything looks to be somewhat normal. They should be going faster than they are. The psychologist is working with them saying, well, there's no mental illness. There's no, he's not depressed. Well, then what's going on? That's where I come into play. And that's, that's my, that's my niche in the world. Uh, And that's, that's my Ica guy. That's my Ica guy. How does it make you, how did it make you feel when you um, had the moment or the moments when you actually figured that out? Like when you saw it and you said, oh, look at this, because looking backwards is super clear, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's always I, a straight line, but how did it feel then? Yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to give people the false impression and be overconfident with any of this because it's an evolving thing for me. I'm still, you know, I've been a PT for 10 years and I've been an entrepreneur almost for the majority of my I would say in the last five years, I've been really focusing on entrepreneurship. I would say that I had these moments in time, Jimmy, usually when I'm taking a, a walk and I do a lot of mindfulness and meditation. And there'll be moments where I'm like, just listening to a song, I'm looking out into the water and something comes over me where I'm like, this is what I'm destined for. And it's almost this, it's a pulling force of like, this is the path. And, and, and literally it, you know, it could feel a little manic in the moment. Like, you know, I got to go create something right then and there. And I've had that reoccurrence. And what I've learned is whenever I try to do a shortcut of like, try this before I get to what I really want to do. And to go even further, to be honest with you, when I say it's injured athletes, I'm probably not telling the full story there. It's really underdogs. It's people in the world that don't feel their fullest self. And for me, I would say performers, and a performer could be an executive. I believe that I can be on the stage alongside a Gary V, a Tony Robbins, uh, a Brendan Bouchard. I, I think, in, I believe inside of me, I have that type of ability to speak, to, 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 to communicate the message, 
And there's a lot of imposter syndrome with that. And I talk mm -hmm. myself into, no, 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 I'm PT. PT, yeah. Dave. This is my lane. I should stay over here. Yeah. But you can help people that are outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> could you FedEx this? And by FedEx, I mean, if you Google um, FedEx, right? Because you've got like FedEx, FedEx Ground, FedEx Air, FedEx Overnight. Like, I feel like whatever paradigm or whatever um, journey you can take people on, like you could probably change the, because you said you had like, I have multiple avatars. It doesn't, it, it feels like your thing or the thing that you can deliver, the experience, you're really helping with experience and, and transformation. Mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't necessarily have to be modified that much because essentially everybody's looking for transformation. Everybody's right. like, you know, so, uh, uh, psychopaths actually think they're the uh, they're the favorite, right? How many people are actually? Everybody wants to be. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just the other. I I've never wanted. Wait, wait. To be, I always want to be the underdog. Wait, wait, psychopath. Bring back the psychopaths. Yeah, like what I mean to say. So I was like, who actually thinks that they're the um they're oh. the favorite? You know what I mean? I feel oh, like everybody narcissists. has narcissists. Yeah. Sorry, I said psychopath. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> I feel like internally, it's like, yeah, if you think that you got nothing to transform, to what's the point? What's yeah, growth? Like, I don't know who that is. That is a yeah, just a, heat, a hedonist, a hedonist, somebody that just wants to indulge, you know, rather than than change. I think that's that's a great point. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they they buy into their inability to change. So they come to us in these confined walls and the space of of injuries, and they 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 have limited belief in themselves. And that's why I became a physical therapist because yeah. I wanted to help people believe. And we got really no training in that. I mean, you want to see the parallel, like how much, how much stuff do we actually know? And that's awesome. Except what we're actually trying to do is behavior change. I work with small organizations and large ones in communications, coaching or consulting or whatever you want to call it. I'm telling you 10% of it is communication stuff. 90% of it is me being a, therapist you know an amateur therapist in the situation right. you know i mean there right. was a there was a tiktok theme going around for a while there right like trending audio and one of them was like so you want this mm -hmm. okay well to get this yeah you have to do this oh no like we know this like most of the time i reiterate like i ask super open-ended but like leading questions i'm like so you want people to hear your voice in your organization, yes. Do you have a blog? No. Do you have a podcast? No. Do you have a YouTube channel? No. Do you have an email list? No. How do you think your audience hears you? How do they feel connected? Because you're a membership organization or you're a large company that has a voice in the profession. I go, I don't... Can you can you point to somewhere online? Maybe I'm a little bit uh, myopic and I can't see your, where your voice is. Well, we know it's there. And I'm like, okay. We got a problem because I can't see it and I've been looking for it. The, the Jimmy, the word is create. The word is create. You want to be an artist? Well, then create. The, we all know this. We all know that anybody that was worth talking about, then go on to whoever it was, created a ton of work. And for them to get to their masterpieces, we all know this. There's nobody that's listening that heard what I just said and said to themselves, I never thought of that. Everyone's like, yeah, of course. You know, Beethoven, whoever it is, they were prolific. And the thing that I've found in, in my, and this is something I coach clinicians on, they're like, well, yeah, Dave, I got this brand idea. I want to work with endurance athletes, but I'm going to get all this information on becoming an expert on, on this one thing. And I'm like, 
listen, dude, go create. Go get that camera on you and go for a run. Go create. Go do it. I, I, maybe I'm old school. You know, have a have a have a GPS, have a a trajectory, mm-hmm. but go create because Jimmy will tell you this. I will tell you this. It takes a long time to get good at it. And it, yeah. and I'll tell you even more based on the communication thing you just said. I I it's almost embarrassing to say this, but I'm not embarrassed. I paid for a voice coaching seminar a few weeks ago when I first came down here with Roger Love. So Roger Love is one of the biggest names in voice coaching. I'm sure Jimmy, you know him, but, or, okay. So, so basically Bradley Cooper, when he does, what's the movie he did within the last year or two with Lady Uh, Gaga. Yeah. He played the singer. I can't remember now, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Whatever it is. So Bradley Cooper goes to Roger Love and Roger Love's premise is look, the same thing I've done with artists, meaning actual artists, not like us. Well, maybe some of you are actual artists. I'm not. He he actually, um, he believes that the tone of your voice, the inflection, the melody, the different attributes, abutes of voice is what helps you influence others. It's what sure. helps to deliver a message. It's it, right. It's It's basic. It's power verbal was, communication, right? There's verbal, nonverbal, and power verbal. Verbal is right. what you say, nonverbal is sure. what you don't say. Power verbal is how you say what you say. And, and so I'll give all of you something. So listen in the clinic, listen in the hospital, listen where you're at, how people are speaking. And if you listen to them speak, and I'm using some of the things I learned, which are ascending melodies, the voice ascending rather than if I'm going lower and I'm talking like this. And I'm in the physical therapy clinic, or your knee range of motion is a hundred degrees of flexion, and we need you to do more exercises. We need you to improve your knee flexion to get voice matters. It's not what we know, it's how we're saying these things. So I, I took this voice seminar because I was learning how to. So I sell I my course, which is $49, is not what my coaching costs with, with athletes costs a heck of a lot more money. So when I'm talking to an elite athlete and I'm selling a $5,000 package, it's it's a little bit of it. We call that high ticket sales. It's a little bit different of a beast where if I'm not able to communicate well doesn't and ask the right questions, you know. it doesn't matter what's NYU's degree. It doesn't matter how many pro athletes I've worked with and elbows I've stretched. They don't care. So that's a, that's a little bit of a, a taste into some of the different you know, things I've learned more recently in my career. How do you, how would you describe your feeling of the next, um, uh, six, 12 months, like optimistic, you know, curious, you know, what, what are you, if you had to lock it down to an, cause I always like emotion words. Yeah. Locked in right now. So I've been on a, on a, um, I've been locked in over the last month or so creating at least one, Instagram video a day, if not multiple, my podcast every week. Um, I really, really locked in to getting to the rubber meeting the road. So it's interesting. Early on, I was always thinking, create the app, create the big picture thing. I created an app my first year out of school. And now I'm I'm, I'm focused on the granular piece of the rubber meeting the road for me with the mental strategies for the, for, for, for what, you know, people are dealing with, with injuries. So things like utilizing graded motor imagery, utilizing things like 
how to, to coach somebody that is depressed, how to help somebody with anxiety. That's not just tell them to go meditate, create my own guided meditation that in, integrates elements of, uh, of the rehab process and, and very specific to that. So really, I guess aligning my message, very, uh, very focused on who I'm reaching because I've spent a lot of years missing the boat on how important that is. Mm-hmm. So I would say over the next six to 12 months, it's, it's getting razor sharp with my, my message, actual deliverable skills to who I'm working with yeah. and building and leveling up the, the coaching side and speaking side. I, had, I, had, I don't mean to cut you off. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday and he was thinking about the, co- I won't say who it is because this person is early on in their process. He was thinking about, Hey, I want to start a podcast. I think, I think I want to start a podcast. He was looking for external validation, right? I do the same thing. That's why it was easy to spot. And he's like, but I want to do a local, but, but can I do that locally? And some, and he's like, I've been told not to. So I want some counterpoints. So I went in there. I just said, this was in a Facebook group. I said, here's my phone number. Give me a call. I'm not going to sit here and launch. Here's why you should or shouldn't. I want to find more about you. You're actually going to tell me whether you're not, whether or not you think you should do this after I ask you a bunch of questions. I ain't going to sell or scare you away from a podcast. It's not my job. My job is not to convince. This is what Adam Grant says. Do not. It's not about to politic. It's not about preaching, and it's not about uh, prosecuting. Those are the three Ps. It is about to being the scientist. My job is just to get you to think if this is a good idea or not. I don't know. You know you better than me. So through about a half hour of me asking questions, I was like, "What was the? What was the reason?" that someone told you not to do it. They said, well, it takes a long time because of editing. And I was like, I can show you like stupid, easy life. You can go to YouTube right now. I can show you life hacks and how to edit or not edit. Don't edit it at all. Don't edit. Don't edit. Yeah, don't don't edit. edit. Right? Don't edit. I used to edit every um, uh, or huh. Me too. And this is because my I also came from rate like commercial editing. Like I used to edit radio promos and radio commercials where we had less than three tenths. I mean, I used to edit on tape with razors. We used to cut and paste. It was actual cut and tape. And oh, we had God. we had three tenths of a second that we could be if the sixty if the spot was sixty seconds, it could be sixty point three or it could be fifty nine point seven. So I'm getting into the weeds. My point was. You need to tell me why you shouldn't. And I was like, if that's the editing thing, nope. And then furthermore, I went to say, even if you launch a podcast and you get zero downloads, but you just made 20, he wanted to make it a local podcast because he's a PT and he wanted to make connections locally. I go, podcast is kind of a Trojan horse. It doesn't have to be a podcast, it could be a blog, it could be a webinar where or 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 a, a presentation that you could give to this person. But I see the presentation is a give. The interview is sort of and is sort of two way. It's like, hey, I want to hear from you. I don't want to just tell you a bunch of stuff. I think, like, if I say, hey, Dave, I want you on my show. It means, hey, I think you have things of value that my audience can benefit from, and I treat my audience really close to the vest because without them, the show's kind of nothing, right? Without the audience, I'm not nothing. Without the audience, the show is not nothing. There's a there's a difference. <laughs> and by the end of the conversation, he was like, well, shoot, it sounds like there's no reason I shouldn't. And I was like. My work here That's is, good transformational coaching right there, Jimmy. Well, my work here was done whether he did the podcast or not because it needed... I was like, here's the deal. You got to love doing this because if you don't, when the suck shows up, because the suck always shows up, you're either going to continue doing this or not. And I don't want you to get nine months into it and be like, well, this is a bad idea. I want you to find that out now. Yeah. 
doesn't mean if you get to nine months and it didn't work, right. it was still worth trying because you did it for the right reasons. And he led off with, he kept using the word relationship. I'm looking to build relationships. And I said, you keep saying the right words. I'm not telling you what to do, but I've told lots of people not to do it because like I want a big following. I'm like, crappy reason to do it. Not a good, <laughs> it's a very self-centered reason. You keep oh, saying great. relationships and build. And I like those two words put together. I'm like, that is it. Those are right reasons. So you kept, he kept checking the boxes. You, what you bring up in me when you, when you share that story, and it, of course, like motivational interviewing and, and, and uh, self-determination theory is the fundamentals of coaching. We don't get it in PT school. Why? No. Don't know. No, we need to. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe maybe you and I will teach that. Um, should. Anyway, you know, we'll split it up 50-50. I'll come up. I'll come, no. I'll come fly. <laughs> but honestly, what comes up in me is the self-awareness piece that I had very early on in my career that always tells me, Dave, this is really what you want and how many layers I've added onto it of the validation and everything of this is what I should be doing versus if I can get quiet and I'm telling myself really what I want, which is, Dave, you've always wanted a stage. Dave, you've always wanted a business. Dave, you've always wanted to make change. Well, then why are you take why are you interviewing with the Dodgers? You're not going to do that with them. Like why are you selling yourself on this other idea? So, what I'm trying to say especially to the early career professionals out there is don't discredit what you know about yourself just because you've been a PT for 6 months or a year. Yeah. You know things about yourself. And just because you're going into a job every day or professors are saying things to you doesn't mean it's your reality. It's their reality. I said this somewhere online and people I respect liked it. So I was like, ooh, that worked. Um, somebody was saying how um, – how did I jump into this? Uh, people were pointing out, listen, if you go into – if you go work at a clinic – that is 100% fine, right? You're working with, or f I like to say with, but you're working for someone else. What you're doing is you there is give and take. You are giving up some flexibility, but you're gaining stability. And for people, lots of them, that is a fine exchange, right? For other people, they would like more flexibility and they're okay with having less stability. And I put the, uh, I said, listen, here's how I would teach this to clinicians, right? I would say, are you a hip or are you a shoulder? Shoulder, not a whole lot of stability, but man, is that thing flexible. A lot of range, external, internal, flexion, extension, abduction, adduction. Fantastic. You got a hip. There's some motion in a hip, right? We got. We like to have motion. A little less than the shoulder, but man, dislocating a hip. Like only Bo Jackson is the only guy I knew to do it. But like, dude had some big, he had some big loose. But you, you get a lot of stability. But here's the Halloween. thing. Hold on, hold on. Pause. Let me pull it. Halloween's coming up in a few days. Yes. Bo Jackson once told a Todd Herman story, Bo Jackson's alter ego was Michael Myers. Halloween's coming up. Just that. I shame. like that. And was, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. But I said, like, understand what you're doing, right? So, so do you, and my, the point was, because someone was saying, like, do I go out on my own and start a clinic or do I work for someone else? And I was like, why are you only seeing those two things as an option? Could there be a third? I knew a girl when I was a PT student who worked three days at an outpatient ortho clinic and two days a week as an inpatient neuro PT. There was no advertisement for that job. She created it. She got the job at the ortho clinic. They loved her. And then she eventually said, this isn't fulfilling me. 
because I also want to treat neuro patients. And they said, we don't want to lose you because we have a relationship with you. So could you give us two or three days a week? And she goes, you know what? I would feel bad about leaving this completely. I'll give you three days a week. And that opens up two because she decided five was her number. Nothing says you have to work five days. You could work two or six or not. Can't work nine days a week, but you get the idea. And she created this job. Look what I do. I'm very transparent. My job is I host a podcast and I do communications consulting. I also have a nine to five. It's never nine to five. It's never nine to five. But I work for a large hospital system. That's my hip. Very stable. It's actually also flexible because I have a dope boss. But my podcast is my shoulder. I can flex the shoulder there because I'm sort of my own boss. If I don't hunt for the podcast, if I go, if I get lazy and don't do interviews, I got no content, I can't grow. But so there's a, it's, it's bigger risk, but bigger reward. I do both. Right. Nothing says you have to do one or the other. And, and totally. But the only thing I'm concerned about with you is your hip labor. But, but moving on, <laughs> moving on from that. The, so, and you know, what's crazy. I'm going to share with you something that kind of is mind blowing. Right. I literally had anxiety and panic attacks before I started this job. I'm down here in St. Pete. So so I'm in the car right now in this interview. On a lunch break, I moved because I saw, I was like, oh no, I'm coming on the PT Pinecast today. I didn't know my schedule at the time. I said, I'm not missing this. I'm not even texting Jimmy. I'm, I'm going to move patients. I'm going to make this happen. So here I am. But I'm going to share with, every, uh, with everybody this story. Before going back to the clinic, after I created my course, the, the Injury Too Late Academy, I was really anxious and I'm serious about it. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I was literally having panic attacks about going back to the clinic. I was on the phone walking by the water. If anyone's been here in St. Pete, it's beautiful. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to create content? How am I going to coach? How am I going to promote myself? How am I going to mastermind? How am I going to brainstorm? How am I going to do all this? The craziest thing happened. I don't know if it was reverse psychology I played on myself. I haven't been full-time in a PT clinic since 2018. I've done a lot of different things. I, I'm definitely an outside-the-box PT. Um, I made one rule for myself going back in the clinic, and that was do your notes before you leave every day. You don't take one note home. That's right. a rule. I don't care if I stay late. I'm not doing work uh, unless it's, it's, it's at work for, for the physical therapy job. And this is what happened. I am doing more outside of work for my business and my brand injured to elite my instagram david meyer i am more productive having a nine to five job and this is not a joke time so blocking know that about you yeah i you know that about you i mean if you give i learned this the the idea this. is and i've talked this, this before with with someone that i consult with as a friend and, and mentor mm -hmm. and someone i look up with sky donovan who helped me launch this show um if you want something done, give it to a busy person. It seems counterproductive, yes. but there's this idea in physics. It's called inertia. Getting something to go from not moving to moving takes a ton of energy totally. and a ton of time, but getting someone to keep moving and change directions a little bit or pivot is actually easier. So I'm glad for it. I get tested all the time at my day job at Mount Sinai about things that I'm like, don't know how I'm going to do this. Never done that, but just check it. Got myself a Google box here and I can figure it out. And you know what? So I was trying to work on my sales skills because like I was saying, I'm selling to athletes, elite athletes, pro sure. athletes. I need to be on my game, agents, things like that. I took it in the clinic and I said, you know what? I'm not coming into the clinic, Dave Meyer, pre-2022. I'm a different clinician. And I walked in 
And I started having conversations with the people I'm working with in the same way I would try and work with somebody on a discovery call, motivational interviewing, positivity, coming in with a, a different inflection voice and it's working and yeah. I'm getting more out of it. So I changed my mindset and I'd say this one thing for the people out there that are still doubting what I'm saying is this, because I literally had a, ch a transformation in my mind from this. And look, I have, I don't plan on leaving actually, because I'm liking being more productive. I'll figure yeah. it out because yeah. I'm that type of person. And it's, and knowing you have that, that hip of income coming in. Oh yeah. You're it's not Maslow. forcing the sale. It could be Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Bottom of the pyramid is food, yes. shelter, clothing, water, heat. Yes. I don't know. Like the, 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 that. Hey, like if you use, it's an exchange, right? Your boss that runs that clinic needs totally. David to, to, to treat X number of patients because he it's has strange. to keep the lights on and make some money and pay other people. Yes. And he's got to buy cornflakes yep. and yada, yada. So you guys using each other is an exchange. It's not using, it's an exchange. Just get the job done. And then can you use other hours of the week to do that? And you can. And you can. And then this gets into another episode I've done before, but I probably should do another one, which is the the four levels of value. Have we talked about that before? No. Four levels of value. And I'll do one. I'll do one on Thursday. I'll drop this episode on Monday and I'll release the four levels of value on Thursday. But as a, yeah, as a teaser, as a front tease for it, uh, the four levels of value. Um, one aren't none, none of them are better than the other so i don't want people saying well he thinks this one is this is better this is worse it's not about better or worse it's different and it's different ways to leverage it's kind of like saying listen I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of like home renovation i'm learning how to use tools at 42 years old and i'm yeah. learning you get the right tool you can leverage a lot so the four levels of value are impl implementation unification communication and imagination Okay, so implementation, an example for a physical therapist is you're treating one-on-one. -on -one. You are trading time for money. You can, <laughs> unless you're treating two people at the same time, you are, you are doing one thing. You can really only be rewarded for that one thing that you are doing. But you're doing the thing. You're treating, you're painting the house. Mm -hmm. You are scrubbing the floor. You are doing the podcast interview. You are doing the thing. So that's implementation. That's the lowest level. Second level of value is unification. This is if you're the manager of four PTs, right? You're not necessarily doing the, th the doing the PT thing, but you're managing that. Can you be rewarded for that? Well, yes, because you're taking a cut of all four of those and you put those things together. So you're managing those things, right? So that's unification, bringing things together. That's a skill. I did this when I was 12 years old. I got all the kids in the neighborhood and I was like, well, I could shovel driveways or I could knock on doors and get people to give me money for selling driveways or shoveling driveways. And then I could give some of that money, but not all of it, to a kid to shovel that driveway. And that is unification. I was a scam artist, but I was clear with my neighbors. <laughs> like, we don't like to talk to adults and, and, and knock on doors. Um, so that is unification. The next level up is where I'd like to live or the next couple levels is where I'd live, which is communication. Jimmy has not treated a patient in a couple of years. But I'm talking with David right now and with people every single day and every single week. And people are paying attention to this because they find enough value in listening to the conversation. And I'm communicating it or my I'm facilitating my guests communicating it as well in a way that I can do something right now in October of 2022 that's heard three years from now that resonates. The internet allowed that, that communication. I used to do communication that was 
created and destroyed, right? Radio was live. Mm-hmm. It was communication, but I had to constantly be doing the thing. And then finally, finally, you get to imagination when you can create something that did not exist before. I try to explain this as you just created more lakefront property. It did not exist, and then you made it, and now you can do what you want with it. You can sell it. You can give it. You can lease it. You can trade it. Wow. So the four levels of value. Now, do you have to live on one of those levels all day every day? No. I edit the podcast or I do the interview. That is doing level one. It's also doing level three because I'm communicating. So you could bounce between these two. Yeah. I could now, I could, what if I, what if I hire three other podcasters and I launch three more shows? That's unification yep. and communication and invention in the exact, in, in, at the same time. So you can bounce between these two, 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 but recognize which, which levels you like to live on and what you get the most out of. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I've gone reverse. I've always been, somebody that has tried to start with the the what you call the last one um creating imagination i've yeah. i've always let's create something new and different and then i've always had to fill those levels in below yeah. and I, what i was going to say before you brought that up and now that actually somehow tied in which is pretty good i think what's di- this is what i believe is different now than previously for me to have this this now that I have a full-time nine to five and I'm still as more productive now than I was, it's this. I am very confident and comfortable with my, my purpose, my sense of purpose, my ikigai, whatever you want to call it. And I'm trusting it It's big. and I'm, pro- and I'm producing based off of it. So, big. you know, and, and, and you know what? I created the book, right? The book is written. The, the course has been created. It's out there. I have people in there. If you want to learn how to go level up your your mental performance skills because you didn't get any in PT school, the course is out there. I'm good. I don't need. Do I need to go make thirty iterations of that? No. That's why I wanted to keep it. Hey, if you want it, get it while it's there. I don't know if I'll keep paying for it forever. It's there. And for me now, when I'm creating a coaching model, you know, and and I'm happy to. You can look at my Instagram if you want to take. If you want to steal from me, steal from me because I am taking from all the different marketing people I'm learning from. Go, go take from me. I'm confident to go create a video that is speaking directly to the avatar. And, and I'll leave you with this. There's a guy by the name of Dan Henry. Do you know who Dan Henry is? No. Oh. Jimmy? Dan, Dan Henry is one of the Russell, you know, Russell Brunson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's, yeah, he's one of Russell Brunson's guys. He's made a lot of money. He's got the record for selling the most money on stage uh, in one night, like making a few million dollars. And Dan, Dan's down here in St. Pete. And so I go meet Dan because my a PT, F. Scott File, you might know F. Scott. Yeah, um, yeah F. Scott says, Dave, you know, go, go, go check out Dan. I, I know you're really big on the marketing stuff now. So he's doing this little, seminar at a marketing agency down here and i'm like meet dan, dan henry for free sure i'm gonna go chat with him and alex hermose hermosi's done some really interesting stuff in terms of the gym business and dan's mm-hmm. worked with with alex so i'm like all right no degrees of separation right there i'm going to meet this guy to, to learn how to make that kind of money and he tells me all right dave so you have an avatar issue you don't know if you want to choose the athlete or the clinician mm-hmm. and this is the analogy he gave me he said dave if you were sitting at a poker room a poker table for, for the evening, which, you know, who would you want to be sitting with at the table? And 
I was thinking about I'm like, you know, no offense to all you out there, but I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of PTs at the poker table. I want to, I want a dancer at the table. I want a, a former NFL athlete there. So that helped me too. But the long story short of it is I've gotten very deep into who I'm speaking to and big part. You got it. And that's, that's really it, man. Yeah. All right. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Are you ready for that? Let's do it. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They've got their industry-leading course offering to help a lot of people either level up their orthopedic game or feel confident and competent in taking that OCS exam. That is current concepts of orthopedic PT. Find that resource. It's fifth edition now at orthopt.org. Uh, parting shot is your just last chance for a mic drop, drop moment or a soapbox statement, whatever you want to leave with the audience. You've done this before, Dave. What do, you, what do you got for us today? Let's go with what we're talking about, right? So you're, let's say you're one year out of PT school, you're a student, or you're 12 years out or, or beyond that. The thing that Jimmy and I probably spoke of the most, besides the things I'm talking about with mental performance and integrating that, you can check that out courses.drdavidmeyer.com forward slash academy. It's something that you haven't seen before. I recommend checking it out. But here's the thing. Jimmy and I are both two individuals that are following our passion, mm -hmm. making it into an actionable business, right? If the world needs it, right? We need fun. We need to have fun in this field. Jimmy's doing that. So the, the message and the moral of this story is this. You have something unique about you. You're not just a physical therapist. You are much more than that. A physical therapist or whatever type of therapist you are or assistant, what have you, that was just a vehicle. So whatever you have this inkling for that keeps saying, hey, should I do this? Should I do this? Go do it. Rip it and rip it, man. Yeah. Regret the things you do, not the things you don't. Uh, David Meyer, appreciate you coming back on the show, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Jimmy. So the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming ours. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. 
We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. 